Hey, Redheads and everyone else listening, I'm Stephanie. I'm Adrienne, and this is our second to last episode on the How to Be a Redhead podcast season five. And it's been the best, best, best season ever. And it's hard to believe, but the next episode is going to be our last episode. And it's also going to be the start of our big national Love Your Red Hair Day. And this is a day that we coined in 2015. It is a super, super special day for us. And we celebrate so big on social media every single year with hashtag love your red hair. We'll put in the podcast notes all about love your red hair day and loveyourredhairday.com so that you can spread awareness. And so we're kicking off celebrations this year on Friday, November 3rd, and going straight through all weekend to celebrate the big day on Sunday, November 5th, which is going to be the actual Love Your Red Hair Day. So we thought to kind of wrap up the season or second to last because we have a big episode next week to finalize this amazing season. But today we're talking to Laura C. Jackal and she wrote an article in an Australian, it's an Australian website called Mamma Mia. And Stephanie actually sent me this article to just read one day. And it was an incredible article because it basically was talking about Laura's journey as a natural redhead and how she has transitioned from being brunette back to redhead. Then she was a redhead, then she's blonde, and now she's blonde now. And we thought, wow, you know, our whole mission is to rock your red hair, love your red hair, embrace your red hair. But it made us realize when we're reading the article, and we will 100% link this article in the podcast notes, but Steph will agree. There are some redheads who it's their time to not be an actual redhead anymore. Maybe they go blonde at the end of their life. Maybe they are Mm -hmm. accepting of going white or gray or whatever it may be. All redheads are on a different path. And although we love to champion getting vibrant red hair and loving your red hair, I think Laura's story is going to be really cool to talk about because she is a blonde and we want to know about her journey because she's in her 40s now, and what has it been like to transition from all of these different hair colors, and what color would she not go back to? And it's really interesting. I can't wait to talk to her, and she's calling in all the way from Australia. Yeah, and just as Adrian said, you know, it's something where we always, in the beginning of every every episode, if they're a redhead, talk about, oh my gosh, like, why do you love your red hair? What was it like for you growing up with red hair? Um And then we just assume, right, that they love their red hair. Not to say that Laura doesn't, but it's something where we have never spoken to someone that isn't right now a redhead. I mean, like in terms of does not have red hair. So she has blonde from what the article says and um, following her on social that that's pretty cool, you know, just to talk to her about what that journey was like for her. Um, at her age now, you know, just with being a blonde, a brunette, a redhead, now a blonde. So, so yeah, I found this article every few days, you know, I just randomly go on like a Google search that I do just to talk, you know, make sure I haven't missed anything and like what's red, you know, maybe a celebrity went red or um, whatever it may be, you know, any news about a redhead that we can 
talk about on social or I kind of just, you know, that's how our team does our research. You know, now you see so many things about cowboy copper, which we always right. we joked about this in previous episodes. Yeah. So a lot of it is trending about it being fall and how red is like everyone wants to go red, right? And I stumbled upon this article and I was like, wow, this is so cool because when I first read it, I was like, oh, she tried three hair colors and she went back to her red hair, of course. And then I was like reading it and I was like, no, she didn't. She actually right. is now blonde. So we got to have her on. I told Adrian and I, yeah, I sent it right to her. So we have to give her a call just to give you a brief background about Laura. So she's a senior lifestyle writer at Mamma Mia, which is Australia's super channel for women. Um, and she's also a mom of two boys and a former natural redhead. So let's give Laura a call and talk about her hair journey. Redheads, have you heard? We added our first hair care product to the How to Be a Redhead beauty line. It's called Finely Glossy, and it's a shine and luminosity shampoo for redheads. Like all of our products, it's clean, vegan, cruelty-free, sulfate-free, and paraben-free. Give luminosity and radiance to your red hair without color depositing. Redheads, we can now rejoice. Finally, there are products for us. Shop Finely Glossy and our line of brow and mascara products. Finally have brows and finally have lashes at shop.howtobearedhead.com. Hi, Laura. It's Stephanie and Adrian from the How to Be a Redhead podcast. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? Good. Thank you so much. We know it's so early in Australia right now. So we so appreciate you coming on and we want to get right into it because we have a lot to ask you on this episode. Um, we usually start off by asking our redhead guests what it was like growing up as a redhead. We will definitely ask you throughout this interview, but we wanted to jump right into your article in MamaMia.com, which is, if our listeners are not aware, it's Australia's largest independent women's media group. Um, and the article was titled, quote, I've been blonde, brunette, and a redhead. There's one color I would not go back to, end quote. So spoiler, you wouldn't go back to brown hair, but the article is all about your journey as a natural redhead going back and forth from red, blonde, to brunette. And we can't wait to break down the entire ar article. But we first wanted to ask, why did you write this article and how was it to reflect on your hair journey? Yeah, I think I wanted to write it because um, I was on the cusp of cutting all my hair off, which I have done most recently. And I've always actually had quite long hair. Um, it looks great, by the way. I think that cut you. really suits you. <laughs> same, same. It looks really nice. Thanks. Thank you. Um, so I was kind of been thinking about my hair a lot and I was looking over old photos and just realizing that, yes, I have gone, gone that journey. I've been every single color. I've really experimented over time with the color and, you know, styles. And so that's where the sort of inspiration for the piece came along. And then, yeah, it was just really interesting to look back and, and see how different phases of my life have been kind of marked by my different colors and that sometimes um, it's meant different things. So, you know, in the article, I explore why I went brunette then why I went back to blonde and, and how it's almost kind of released different sides of my personality, um, which is kind of a bit weird, but, um, I think it's also, it can be fun to experiment with your hair. And I suppose that's, that's the crux of it. It was mostly just about a bit of experimentation, um, and then landing, uh, where it felt comfortable at the time. Yeah, yeah. So right now you have blonde hair. Um, so are you staying blonde? 
Look, I don't, I mean, it's funny because even just talking to you about being a redhead and, and looking back over you know, my time as a redhead as growing up, I've reflected more on that. And I'm like, oh, maybe I will go back to being red because it's so beautiful. And you guys, you know, you all look gorgeous with your red hair. Um, but I think, yes, the thing about blonde um, is that it just covers the greys. And I'm in my mid 40s mm. now. It's just becoming harder. And I'm, I'm not saying that I won't at some stage embrace those greys, embrace my natural colour again, but right now I just feel like I need to be blonde. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so you wrote about exactly what you now turning grey, saying, quote, the greying mm. part, the greying remains, excuse me, of my natural ginger hair are for now still under my cool blonde highlights and I feel nostalgic and sad about the fact that I don't embrace its natural shade for longer than I did, especially now as a mom to a little redheaded boy, end quote. So we wanted to ask if you tell your son to love his natural red hair, does he trouble have trouble embracing it? Does he identify with his red hair? What's that like, especially in Australia? You know, we hear so many, right, Adrian, like Mm -hmm. people from all over the world, how like the UK experiences what seems to be so much more bullying with being different in red ha- hair as opposed to like America. So what's it like too in Australia, just out of curiosity, because how old is he too? So he's six. Um, oh, okay. He's your youngest. Okay. My youngest. So he's still quite little. And, um, but interestingly, when he was born, my oldest son doesn't have red hair. He's got kind of blondish brown, like my husband. And then because of my red hair, I was quite curious to see what my second, you know, son or child. Sure. And yeah, yeah, he was a redhead. But when he was born, the midwife um, took the first look at him, like I had a C-section. So anyway, he was pulled out and, and the midwife said, oh, he's going to be bullied. For he's got red <gasps> hair. It was the That's what she said right after yeah. you were you were like laying down. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Nearly, you know, barely conscious on, um, you know, laying there, delivering my beautiful, much longed for second child. And the midwife's like, he's going to be bullied. He's got red hair. I just did not wow. find that funny. <laughs> and I just oh my gosh what a thing to say totally you're having a baby yeah wow it, yeah it was just um not the right not the right time for the for a joke um and, and I think that's what she was going for but it didn't it's not really funny um yeah so so obviously I knew he had red hair straight away and we called him Leo because he was like a little lion and you know um and he he is okay with it at the moment. He calls it his raspberry blonde because it, he's quite um, uh, reddish strawberry blonde, really. But he's always called yeah. it raspberry blonde for some reason. Um, and it looks great on him. It's really love. It's a lovely color. Like you know, I would love to have that color hair naturally. Um, how he goes at school, I mean, we'll just have to wait and see. He's really only in year one and. It's not. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. They're yeah. a little, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, if it was your teenager, then yeah. not to say all teenagers experiencing bully, bullying, but as they get older, yeah, I think that he's still young. Well, that's really great. Hopefully he does embrace it um, yes. because, yeah, I'm sure it's beautiful. And now talking about you growing up with red hair, um, you say in the article, quote, as a ginger haired, pale and freckled faced kid, I would have done anything to change my hair color and complexion. I faced plenty of teasing for being a redhead. Now for the question we like to ask all of our redheaded guests, what was it like for you growing up with red hair? Um, from reading the article, it seems like it was not pleasant. And I know prior to this recording, we talked and you said that you were raised in, um, in Sussex, right? 
Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, my mum has beautiful red hair, did have, I mean, it's, it's um, grey now, but she had the most beautiful, long, like you girls, like um, pre-Raphaelite, you know, gorgeous long red hair. So I had a great role model in the sense that my red hair just reflected back on her and I thought she was beautiful mm-hmm. when I grew up. Um, but yeah, school, it's all about school, really. I think that my, you know, my family um, always thought my hair was lovely, good friends, the same. I think there was a definitely a period, maybe it's sort of late primary, middle school age, um, where kids are just can be cruel about anything, you know, it yeah. can be whatever yeah. is different about you. And I think because I had the red hair and the freckles, um, and at the time I was right into Barbie doll and she was blonde. There wasn't a redheaded Barbie in the eighties. Um, or, you know, probably wasn't in the UK anyway. And so no, I, same, same in America. Yeah. Same in America. Adrian and I were obsessed with Barbies as kids, right? Adrian yeah, and obsessed with no red hair. Looking back, we had no redheads. They were all blonde. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why? Cause red is so gorgeous. Like it makes a beautiful doll. So I don't understand that. Um, but yeah, so I think it was just a point of difference. And there was a couple of kids that were just, you know, cruel at school, but, um, you know, I didn't, I wasn't bullied for it. It was just offhand comments. Occasionally if kids wanted to say something mean, they'd just focus on the fact I was ginger, you know? Um, and then into teenage years, you know, people just, yeah, it's the same. It's just, it was often, and I, as a mother of two boys, I don't like to say boys, but it was in my case, a lot of boys, um, that Mm. made disparaging comments about my hair or, what have you, but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't terrible. And interestingly, I traveled to France as a teenager um, because it was what we did at school. I learned French and we went in on a French exchange and in France, the attitude was completely different. And it was the first time I'd ever experienced someone saying your hair is beautiful, not making it a kind of a joke or a comedy thing. It was like, we love redheads in France. And I was like, Oh, okay. Do you? (laughs) I love that. Yeah, it was a really different experience and they, yeah, they were obsessed with my hair, but in a nice way. Yeah. And I want to ask too about, so your eyebrows and your eyelashes, you know, the, uh, everyone mm. who's listening cannot see, but we can see you. And so f- from yes. if I, if I just saw you for the first moment, I would think you're a blonde with brown lashes and brown <laughs> eyebrows, but I know like maybe like Stephanie and I, we have very fair eyelashes, very fair eyebrows. Do you have to do anything or what are, what are they like naturally? And do you have to do anything to kind of make it look natural with your blonde hair now? Um, yeah. So no, growing up, I've always had dark eyebrows and eyelashes. So that was, I had quite dark ginger hair. Like it was, um, yeah, it was, it was, you can kind of see it. Obviously not, I know the listeners can't, but under there, there's still like, you know, it's kind of dark under there. So, um, um, yeah, that was my experience. So I didn't need to do much growing up. I, I tint my eyebrows now because they're going gray. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. Uh, lucky. Yeah. I love to, we both love to meet redheads who have dark eyebrows and dark eyelashes because it's so rare, but it's still, that's mm-hmm. so cool. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, my sister was, wasn't a, she was more strawberry blonde growing up and she had lighter eyebrows and eyelashes. Not, not super light, <clears throat> but yeah, different. Yeah. Yeah. And you say you went back to red for your wedding and for the birth of your child. It made us wonder how your husband feels or have felt then about your natural red hair. And if he influenced influenced you to, you know, to go back to your natural red hair, or is he just like, you know, some spouses, like, (laughs) I don't know, I feel like my, 
my husband would know if I dyed my hair, right? But like, I have some friends that I feel like they have significant others that are just like so aloof with like certain things that they might get. I don't know. No, but so, some some people have a preference also, like a spouse would, would yeah. have I've like, oh, I like your hair short versus long or, or whatever. Like, yeah. I like it red rather than blonde. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think mm-hmm. um, he's always just been a bit of a bystander, really. <laughs> you know, he would, he's happy <laughs> with whatever I'm doing, you know, he's yeah. been a good support in that sense. Never, never judged. Um, anything that I've done I I think like the for me to go wanting to go back to being red at my wedding I mean I was only 24 when I got married so I was quite young um you know compared with say my friends at the time um and that stage I was quite blonde I think leading up to the wedding and well you know probably a couple of years before so I thought nah I'm gonna grow it out dye it back a bit um and it just felt like the right thing to do you know bridal I was I was young. I was in love, you know. I think I just wanted to be more myself, I guess. So that was why I think I wanted to go back to red then. And the same when I had the kids, I just it was a maintenance thing too, right? So I didn't want to be dyeing my hair and worrying about going to the hairdressers with little kids around, and and my red hair was still still there. I just yeah went back to it. Yeah. <laughs> So now, okay, talking about brunette, now further into your adulthood, we found it interesting, Adrian and I, that you went from red to blonde to brunette, saying, quote, in the article, but in my late 20s, when I decided I wanted to be taken more seriously at work, I completed the hair trifecta and became a brunette, end quote. So do you think that you were treated better in the workplace when you went brunette? Because you say, quote, it helped me feel like I could speak up more in work meetings, which we found super interesting. So if you could tell us more and not to spoil the article because our listeners we will leave it in the podcast notes a link to laura's article but brunette is the color hence in the title that you would not go back to so we just found that really interesting with the whole workplace part of the article yeah for sure i think that um i think i'm a natural kind of people pleaser i don't i have you know i've grown in confidence over time but i think certainly back in my mid twenties, I, I lacked a lot of confidence generally, um, in, in the workplace, particularly I was working for a wine company for a little while, um, very male or uh, dominated and, um, yeah, being the young blonde just didn't really help me. <laughs> you know, I think that, um, and I think again, maybe at the time, and, and this could be re- a reflection on Australian culture a little bit, it just felt like you might get called love a bit, you know, like, all right, love. Mm. It's a bit derogatory. And I felt being okay. brunette, I don't know, just gave me a bit more confidence. I, I, I think it was probably more about me and how I wanted to be seen, taken a bit more seriously. And, and being a blonde was just not, I didn't feel like I was. Um, and that was also because I was young and inexperienced perhaps in the work and surrounded by a bunch of kind of older mildly misogynistic males <laughs> so okay and it, it seems like you it was easier probably as a brunette to blend in in the workplace yeah. rather than when you are a blonde you, you can I don't see know that. if in like yeah. an Australian culture but like in American culture they'll say like oh dumb blonde or like they make fun of blondes yes, too yes. Yeah. so I'm sure maybe yeah. just internally you just really wanted to just blend in and yeah it comes yeah. with confidence to be able to like rock your hair no matter what you decide to be 
and yeah. and just deal with the comments. And um, I was wondering too if you feel like, well, you know, the whole world would like. I know, I think you mentioned the Me Too movement in the article, but was has there been a shift? Do you think like with people not really caring anymore about what someone's hair color is or do you think that it's still like it's still a thing I think outwardly yes I think that the media has certainly changed the way it talks about women on you know in some some aspects and certainly as I now work as part of a a women's media organization I'm kind of in a little bit of a bubble about that um I guess I stray onto other media sites or you know have witness conversations on social media or something and I think oh maybe the world hasn't changed as much as I would like to think it has um but yeah I think outwardly the 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 sort of being called love at work and things I I hope that that's changed it's probably been well it's been about 15 20 years since you know I experienced that so that's quite a long time and yes it's definitely post me too and I think most Men and women understand that, yeah, just commenting on people's bodies generally, but their hair is it's not it's not super cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's so mm-hmm. it's so interesting. Uh, you know, we interview a lot of people from all different places of the world, and it's so interesting how red hair is perceived from culture to culture. Um, and with saying that too, so we kind of wanted to talk about the transition when you were when you when you were naturally red like we just talked about with your kids when they were smaller and then basically that moment when you decided okay I'm going to basically say bye to red hair once and for all and in the article you say as a plus going back to my natural hair really made my blue eyes pop and on the negative side people cannot help but ask about or comment on your hair when it's red which we totally understand so was (laughs) we were wondering if there was a defining moment right so you're like a mom you have red hair was there a moment where you're like I'm done with this red hair. I want to go blonde or was it strictly for the gray or was there a moment where you were like, oh, I think it's time for me to go blonde? Yeah, um, I think it was probably after, like I've kind of always been a bit more, I've lightened my red over time. So probably my natural red since I got married is really, it's only come and gone a couple of times. It's always been a little bit lighter than, than it was naturally, um, whether that's through highlights or a bit of um, balayage kind of a look or what have you. I think probably in the last 10 years, it's, it's way between that a lot. But I think when my, maybe my little, my son, who's, so I've got a 13-year-old and a six-year-old, when after I have my second son, you know, that post- natal period postpartum just feeling a little bit I don't know dowdy I was quite I had him at 37 so by the time he was you know I was 38 I was feeling quite old um I know I wasn't old and I'm still I don't you know I'm not old but I Mm -hmm. felt um I needed to do something I needed to change it up switch it up a bit maybe and that's probably why I thought my hair, you know, um, I'll do something different with my hair. (laughs) And I think that's why I gradually went blonder. I experimented with a couple of different styles and that's kind of where it's been. And then in terms of saying goodbye to my red hair, I think that has probably been more of a gradual process. Um, and, and I should clarify apart from the midwife who was obviously quite rude about my son, I've never really had anything negative said about my red hair here in Australia I think that that's often reserved for kids you know I don't think um I think red hair is 
widely accepted as beautiful. You know, I think we can all say red hair is so beautiful. It's not, it's not a thing. <laughs> but it's. Do you see a lot of redheads in Australia where you live? Where do you live in Australia? So I live in a city called Newcastle, which is about two okay. hours north of Sydney. So I'm okay. very close to Sydney. I work in Sydney once a week, so it's not too far. Okay. Um, and do you see a lot of redheads? Yes, there are a lot yeah. of redheads. Yeah, gorgeous little redheads at my kids' schools. There's quite a few. Um, uh, yeah, so there's definitely, uh, you know, there's enough little redheads around and adults as well. Um but there's a term they use here, and I don't know if it's come up on your podcast before, but they call redheads rangers. Is that yeah? So, so it's not rangas, it's rainas. Ranger. Yeah. Ranger. So the okay, Ranger. I gotta say it kind of. You guys, yeah, I, I think that we talk fast on the east coast, but you guys really talk fast. Yeah, you have to just say it really fast, ranger. Yeah. Like again. And it's got a nasally sort of sound there. Yeah. 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 No, we've heard it. You know, what's so funny is Adrian, when we were on that Today Show, remember? Yeah. 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 We were on the Today Today. Show Australia. Okay. Years ago. Years ago. I think in 20, gosh, must have been 2016. Okay. I can't remember exactly the date, but one of the the news anchors, it was a man and a woman. I don't know his name. And he said it. And we were just kind of both caught off guard because we've heard of it, but we've never been actually right. Like, to- like it said to us, yeah. um, like in a sentence pertaining to Adrian and I. So we just kind of looked at each other and as if to be like, okay, we know what he's saying, but we've never, ju- we, again, we've never heard of it, but that was our first time. And then our, we were following, of course, in Australia. And we hear about it all the time from our, um, our followers, especially on social. And I think it's just become kind of social. It's accepting. I think, um, yeah, it's just a, it's a nickname, right? Right. You say Laura, that it's a positive word. It's not, it's, I'd say it depends on the context, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think, yes, them saying it to you on the show, I think Australians are very, you know, they growing up in the UK, then coming to Australia, I was like, "Whoa, they're a bit." Um, they can they can be a bit harsh and a bit to the point, a bit direct, perhaps. So I think British okay. people like that. <laughs> so <laughs> I, a mix of a melting pot of cultures. Um, and yeah, I was a bit confronted by some sometimes when they you know say things, not just ranger, but other stuff. Um, so yeah, I think it's not or it's not always derogatory. It's mostly said in good humor. Um, yeah. 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 You know, that makes me think Adrian, who we just spoke to from Scotland on our podcast, um, how she said in Scotland, she has beautiful red hair. And if someone was to come up to her and say, oh my gosh, your hair is so beautiful. She doesn't say like in America, we would say like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. You, I love your dress or like your hair looks fabulous. We would give a compliment. compliment. But in Scotland, they say like she, her response would be, like, what would her response be, Adrian? Yeah, I'm kind she, of drawing she, a blank. No, she just said she would basically just discount what they said. She would be like, oh, yeah. like, my hair's a mess. Like, it's so, you know, like, try to make it or it's negative. So yeah, it's yeah. so greasy. Like, I haven't washed it in days, you know, instead of just appreciating. So, yeah, Steph, I think you're wondering, like, if in Australia people can exactly. take a compliment. That's what I was going to ask. Like, if you some, if you, we, I know that you said before this recording that you still consider yourself British. Um, and identify with being British, even though you've been in Australia for over 20 years. But now with Australians, 
how do they receive a compliment? That's an interesting question. I think that Australia is very much a mix of American and British and all sorts of other cultures influence. So yeah, it could be either way, I would I would think. It would depend on the person. Okay. Yeah, I would like to think most people would go, oh, thank you, <clears throat> and say yeah. something nice back or just receive it with with love, you know? <laughs> yeah, maybe it's a Scottish yeah. thing. Um, yeah. yeah. We have yet, oh, my gosh. We have to get to Australia, Adrian. We it's really, been on our list. We really Must. do. I know. I know. Yes. Everyone, everyone says that, and I feel like my husband and I have this, like, amazing trip we want to do, and part of it's, like, doing Hawaii – um, New Zealand, Australia, and like doing that whole part of the world and just like spending a bunch of time there because the world's so big and to get to that part of the world, like I just don't want to rush it, you know, and I really want to enjoy it. But yeah. I think I'm going to, the number one thing I'm more excited about for Australia is the people. I think, you know, I hear a lot that like, it's really beautiful. And I hear that it's very much like the beaches and everything are beautiful, but I think the people, I don't know, there's something about Australian humor. Um, I don't know if you've seen the show Platonic on Apple Plus. Yes, I love it. (laughs) That show with that her Australian humor, I just I love it. So I can't wait to go and just laugh because I feel like people just have a great sense of humor. I hope they. I hope we don't let you down. (laughs) (laughs) I did want to ask our for listeners that are maybe experiencing what you experienced, um, how you mentioned maybe being like mostly gray, white, and they're maybe more on the strawberry blonde, but they're just realizing like, oh my gosh, to maintain the red, maybe I do need to add in some blonde or depending on what their hair looks like. What do, What is your upkeep just out of curiosity with your blonde? Is it going in you know, every few weeks or every few months? How does that look like? Yeah, look, it's it's not cheap. And I think that's the, that is, um, right. yeah, it's a problem. And it's, you know, it is, yeah, it's expensive. So um, I've kind of done, yeah, different things. It's only really recently that it's, the greys have kind of started to become a little bit more untenable. I think that um, I go in probably every eight to 12 weeks, which is not, all the time but I think for some people that's a that's a lot um and by the time I'm in there it's yeah it needs a, it needs a lot of needs a bit of love I've only just obviously been so it looks fine at the moment but it can yeah yeah it's expensive so I think that is a it is difficult for people there are obviously you know things you can do at home um if you yeah can't afford mm-hmm. to go this all the time because I totally yeah it's it's a it's a it's a bit of an upkeep issue if you don't want to just embrace the grays which Again, I may well do at some point. Yeah, and your mom has, right? Because you said earlier that she was a natural redhead. So she's been through many stages, a bit like me, actually. So she's now more blonde, actually, um, reddish, blondish. And again, hers has been a kind of more gradual journey. She didn't go back and forth during her youth or anything like that. When As she started to go grey and her red started to fade, she just kind of, she was initially dying at red. Um, and then I think, um, I don't know, I guess it's, it's really, it's probably changed a lot too, right? So when trying to find a home dye that was, looks good, uh, when you, as you're aging is quite difficult in that red, in the red tones, it's probably getting better. Um, and I, I suspect for, you know, um, younger 
listeners, it will be a different process. But for her, she just decided to just go, yeah, lighter. So she's more of a kind of strawberry blonde now too. That happened. Okay, that happened Adrian, it makes me think of, of yours. Adrian has five sister in laws. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Her husband has yeah five sisters, and it makes me think of Adrian. If I think about all of them, they have such. They're more on like the blonde red side of things. They are. Wouldn't you say they are? Yeah. And then my mother in law is also a natural redhead, and she's probably just like your mom. She's really become just very very blonde, strawberry blonde because it's. I think it's easier for her with the grays too. Like she doesn't have to, if she has really bright red hair, she's going to have to be at the hair salon a lot more. Whereas the blonde gives her some time to get there. I do think though, what she has trouble with is the warmth. Like she doesn't have that warmth that red hair will give you. And she's very fair, like, like we are. So I think that she misses that. So like she does certain things to like kind of make her feel self feel maybe not so pale, you know, like a lot of us yeah. feel. Yeah, it's know. a really difficult one because you're, you know, you're like you, you have this beautiful hair that is naturally suiting your complexion, and then suddenly you're like, oh, well, it doesn't work anymore. And I think with being pale and you know, and then looking older in your face and looking tired, and you know, it's such a big, it's such a change. And I think you just have to do what I guess what works and, and what you can afford and all the things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my friend just um, tagged me in a photo yesterday, actually, or last night on Instagram stories of us and another friend. And I was just like, holy shit. I was like, the photo was from like 12 years ago. And I feel like I look so much younger then. And then I look in the mirror and it's exactly what you said. I'm like, I can, I, I felt so old when I saw that photo that she tagged me in because I was, I couldn't believe that that's how I looked like before kids and just before. I guess adulthood, you know, I was in my early 20s. So do you look back at photos maybe from like your wedding and you're like, oh my gosh, I look like that. (laughs) 100%. I don't look like the same person. You know, really I do, but I, and also I got married in 2003. My eyebrows are like little stripes. You know, I didn't, it was (laughs) like all of us. Yeah. (laughs) Like all my, so it was a worldwide thing. It wasn't just, were you you living in the UK then? Uh, No, we were here. We got married out. Yeah. So it was in Australia. Okay. So at least that doesn't make us feel bad because we always talk about this on our podcast, but we grew up in Rhode Island and it was a thing to get your eyebrows threaded and it was early 2000s and it was thin, but I think that they wanted you to come in every two weeks. So they made you right, Adrian, like Mm -hmm. she made us think you have to come in every two weeks, even though at the two week mark, we probably did not need to come in at all, but it was like to get your card punched. And then after 10, you got a free threading. And it was like, what are they threading? Because literally like they were so thin. And then I didn't start pens. Like I remember at Adrian and I both got married in our, um, well, I was 26, Adrian. I think you were 24, right? Yeah. yeah. Really, and, really young, really young. And not that I, I regret it at all. I have a wonderful marriage, right. but really young. <laughs> yeah. But I don't remember penciling in my eyebrows at, at our wedding. That's how has, that's how much has changed even. And for me personally, in like the last seven years is that yeah. I think as you get older too, you maybe can afford nicer quality makeup and you start like, well, maybe it's trending too. You know, you realize like what works, what doesn't. Um, Like I never used concealer until like five years ago, but I think I really needed it looking back at photos. You know, I think that just happens with age. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yes. All the things. Yeah. You'd start need. Yeah. You start thinking you might need all the things, whether or not you actually do, but you feel more comfortable maybe with, 
yeah, bit of cover up or yeah. Yeah. I feel really um, connected to you, even though I have not dyed my hair. I do understand the journey that women take to find beauty within themselves. And I think that it's really amazing that you wrote that article about all the different hair colors, because as a natural redhead, you know, I think a lot of there's also like a a section of natural redheads who kind of shame you for dyeing your hair. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Stephanie and I are obviously like big proponents of loving your hair, rocking your red hair. But it really comes down to what makes you feel your best. And I think that that's what your article was about, like just feeling your best. And that's why we wanted to have you on the podcast so that we could, you know, really understand why there are some redheads who dye their hair and that's okay. Like, I think that that's what Stephanie and I wanted to aim for this podcast is like redheads need to stop shaming other redheads for dyeing their hair or whatever journey people are trying to take. So for our last question, we wanted to know what advice do you have for redheads or no matter their age who are struggling with their identity? Um, Maybe like you did. Um, Do you recommend that everyone take the journey like you did to find self-acceptance? Or do you recommend looking back that redheads should maybe embrace their red hair? And I know it's different from person to person, but if someone came up to you and was like, I'm having a really hard time, what would you say? Yeah, I think it's really, it's such a unique thing for redheads, I think, because yes, when you grow up and people they love your hair so much, um, you know, as much as some people criticize your hair and say mean things about it. Yeah. On the other side, you've got people saying, never dye your hair. Your hair is amazing. Don't touch it. Um, I'd, I'd kill for that hair or I would spend hundreds of dollars for that hair color, etc. So yeah, there's a lot of pressure on redheads to maintain that color for, for the, you know, for their life. And I think that that's, you know, if you are happy with that, I think just, yeah, absolutely embrace it. And, you know, had there have been um, more people like you doing this amazing podcast and kind of spreading this sort of love around red hair when I was growing up, maybe I wouldn't have been so keen to go um, blonde and brunette and try and, you know, change my hair. Maybe I would have embraced it more. But I think, um, but I also, you know, on the other side of things, I don't, I, I've got so many lovely photos of my hair, all, all different colors over the, the years. And, you know, now, uh, as you know, I'm in my mid forties and, um, you know, life is short, but it's also kind of long, you know, when you look yeah. back and go, well, actually I cut my hair short when I was a student, put these crazy stripes in it. It looks, looked terrible. Um, but at the time I was, I was young and it, you know, I look and I laugh now at these terrible, awful haircuts and styles I had. So I think that it's, it's just part of, you know, experimentation, certainly as a young person. And then, um, it does grow back and, you know, the times that I have dyed my hair and then cut it off and then it's come back as it was um, before and I I can't say that I I look back and with any kind of regrets. I think I'm I'm happy with what the way that it that my hair has been and I and I do miss I do miss my natural hair and I do often wonder what it would be like, you know, if I hadn't touched it at all. Um but I also I have a good hairdresser who I trust and, and you know, I, I think it's, yeah, it's hard. I guess two things can be true, right? I can still miss and, and wonder what my red hair would be like now. But I think for me at this stage in my life, as I'm starting to go grayer, I'm, I'm kind of comfortable with, with lightening, lightening up a little bit. Um, and in terms of others, yeah, I think you just got to go with what, what um, makes you feel 
happy and 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 what makes you feel comfortable and um yeah embrace your hair if that's what you want and if you want to experiment a little bit I think that's okay too yeah 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 and I said in the last question but this is really the last question <laughs> Um, do you feel like a lot of people say who, who decide to go blonde at, you know, later on or whatever the journey they take, they say once a redhead, always a redhead. So do you still identify deep down inside as being a redhead or were you like, I used to be a redhead. Now I'm not. Um, yeah, I, I, I do identify as a redhead, which is weird because I know I don't look like one on the outside at all, but it's funny because I was following you on Instagram and have been for, you know, for some time before you reached out. So I know that I do look at beautiful red hair and redhead content in, in the sense that, um, and also having a redhead child as well. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, my mum was redhead, you know, it's just that kind of familial, well, it's familiarity and I think it's, I think it's gorgeous. Yeah. So I do. Yeah, I guess I do identify as a redhead, which is weird. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I love it. Well, keep in touch if you ever dye your hair red again, you know, or whatever journey you take, but we'd love to hear from you. And so thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been lovely. Redheads, have you heard? We added our first hair care product to the How to Be a Redhead beauty line. It's called Finely Glossy, and it's a shine and luminosity shampoo for redheads. Like all of our products, it's clean, vegan, cruelty-free, sulfate-free, and paraben-free. Give luminosity and radiance to your red hair without color depositing. Redheads, we can now rejoice. Finally, there are products for us. Shop Finely Glossy and our line of brow and mascara products. Finally have brows and finally have lashes at shop.howtobearedhead.com. I have to say what I'm most surprised about in the whole interview was I wasn't sure to expect because, you know, we hear from a lot of people in the UK and I know she identifies with being from the UK, Mm -hmm. um, even though she's been in Australia. But I always find it really crazy because when we talk to a lot of people from anywhere but America, they don't really have a great experience growing up as red with red hair, but they also currently are like, yeah, like the bullying is still really bad. But for her, I got the impression that it was kind of like a thing in the past, but she loves red hair and appreciates it now, but just blonde is her journey. And I don't know, I was just kind of surprised by how positive she really was about her journey and accepting of who she is now, instead of kind of mm-hmm. beating herself up about, you know, I know she mentions in the article about wanting wishing that she could have embraced who she was, but I think she's happy with who she is now. And I even loved her advice for people who are having a hard time identifying with their red hair. And she even said like, as a whole, Australia appreciates and loves red hair. And it's just a sadly a thing that happens, but it was crazy to me what happened during her C-section that that nurse said that. I know, but I loved what she said at the end too, that all, you know, she'll always be a redhead, even though she, you look at her and she has blonde hair. So if I saw her out in public, I would automatically assume that, oh, she's just, you know, she's blonde. Because she has the dark brows too, naturally. Yeah, right. Exactly. So I think, you know, at the end of the day, it just comes down to every redhead is so different in their hair journey, whether you you never want to dye it and your hair maybe never turns gray or white, or maybe it's the opposite. You're experiencing fading red hair, your hair is turning white and gray, and you 
either want to embrace that or you want to keep the red and just diet. You know, everyone is so different. And in her situation, you know, the grays and whites, whites were taking over, she said, and it just made sense to put in the blonde, which a lot of redheads do that. A lot, a lot of, of a redheads lot of experienced that. Yeah. They experienced that. So loved having her on. I think it was a different topic or a different conversation um, with her being a natural redhead. But I'm so happy that we had her on because it is so different and something that we've never talked about. And I think that I learned so much about her hair journey. And at the end of the day, too, confidence is so important and just loving yourself and self-acceptance. Yeah, yeah. And I think, too, as we go into National Love Your Red Hair Day next week, I think it's really important because we are all about obviously love your red hair. And I love too that Laura says that like she follows us on Instagram and like she loves redhead content. So I want, I love that she will be celebrating with us for this special day. But we have, and I know if anyone's following us, we are launching our Finally Have Brows Clear Brow Gel on National Love Your Red Hair Day weekend. So next Friday, when our last episode comes out for this podcast, we will also be launching the Finally Have Brows Clear Brow Gel. And you're going to see just like an explosion of redhead influencers spreading so much authenticity about why they are embracing their natural brows while they're loving the clear brow gel, what their experience was like growing up. And I think that that's what we wanted the message to be for next weekend is to really love who you are, celebrate who you are. And it's going to be just a really great conclusion to an amazing podcast season. But I think that these these conversations that we're having on this podcast are really important because it proves Mm -hmm. that all of us are having different journeys. So we encourage you guys to definitely um, use the hashtag love your red hair day and we will have a great episode next week where we talk about all this fun stuff but we are really excited to launch the clear brow gel we also are going to be launching two pre-orders which is a spoiler for some exciting new products we have and we have just sort of like a really exciting time coming up in the holidays and just a lot of announcements that we're going to be making so stay tuned but we're just really, really excited. And so like always, we um, love question time because we know a lot of you guys are always writing in, asking us questions. So that's why we brought it to the How to Be a Redhead podcast on comments, emails, direct messages. So today we're answering three questions, but if you want to send in your questions, email h2barpodcast at gmail. You can DM us, TikTok, Instagram, So Steph, let's get into it. Um, Number one, what is the best lip color for redheads? Emma on Funny you should ask, Emma. (laughs) That might be some of our pre-orders launching. (laughs) Yeah, we really think all redheads can rock any shade, which is, yes, hint, hint to pre-orders in our makeup line. I think it comes down to your undertones, your complexion, what you're wearing, the shade of your red hair. But redheads can wear nude, pinks, reds, corals, you know, any any, uh, shades. I think that, though, the nudes, pinks, and reds just come to mind because those are the three that, Adrian, we've always worn. Um, The basics. I think it's good to start with the basics. Um, Exactly. And something that you can just easily you know, have on knowing that, oh my gosh, it goes with anything and it's the right undertones, right? Like we've tried so many over the years, red lipstick that just don't have a blue undertone. And 
they make my teeth yellow, those kind of reds. Do you know what tread I'm talking yeah. like those? Yeah. Yeah. Or like I, I take a picture, like a selfie or something, making sure, or I might look in my mirror to make sure after applying it that this happened recently. I applied a red lip. I don't know what brand it was. And then I looked in the mirror to make sure, of course, I didn't have any like food stuck in my teeth, which I always do. Agents always like picking my the food out of my teeth. There's always but I had to stuff. take it I had to take it off because I felt like it was making my skin look washed out. So I think that's really important, Emma, when it comes down to lipsticks that you're yeah, just make sure that you're choosing the right shade. And especially don't be influenced. Um this made me think of since we got this question on TikTok is that it's really important nowadays that if you're seeing an influencer that, for example, maybe doesn't look like you, maybe has brunette and tans, and they're promoting a certain lipstick, and then you run off and go and buy it, and you're completely that like pale and red, that lipstick, don't be surprised if that lip shade isn't going to look exactly, not going to say it's not going to look good, but you know, if you're getting influenced. So that's why it's really important that you're just also using the right shade and, and company that you can trust. But yeah, yeah, yeah so you, pre, can, you can trust pre orders. You can trust you can our trust products. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And the second question, Kendra on Instagram stories, could you guys show us a full makeup tutorial using all of your products? I love this question. Yes. yes. And we definitely have. We've we've done some TikToks and some Instagrams where influencers are using our entire line. So we'll pop those in the podcast notes. But yeah, mm-hmm. we'll definitely be doing more as we have more products coming out to this holiday season. We'll definitely be doing more. So Kendra, thank you for asking because now that we're coming out with so many different products, I'm sure a lot of people are going to wonder like how to put it all together. So like Steph, I know like for the brow line, I personally do the ultra fine brow pencil. I brush up with the spoolie. I do a little bit of the volumizing and then I lock it in either with the clear or the long wearing. Yeah. I always, you know, some days I just pencil depending on my time. Some, most days though, I I pencil, then I lock it in with the long wearing. You know, it's funny. It's someday on the weekdays, I tend to use the long wearing. And then on the weekends, I use the volumizing. Maybe on the work work days that even though we work all the time on the weekdays, I mean, maybe I tend to use the long wearing. I really don't have an answer on why I pick it up. But volumizing, sometimes I just use the volumizing. I don't even pencil if I just want my brows to look like bushy. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's so funny how we all do different things. So it's all just a personal preference. Yeah, it is. It is. So yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, definitely feature some in the podcast notes that we've done. So you can check those out, but more are coming. Yeah. And then the last question, Boho, love that name. Boho on Facebook. on Facebook wrote in saying, I need help with frizz control. Any tips? Oh, I feel like Stephanie and I are always dealing with frizz. Frizz, frizz. I know. You know, we, we went through a keratin. I was just thinking about this the other day, Adrian, our journey with keratin. Yeah. And then I, me personally, I'm so happy that I stopped that. Not because no, of the expense too. or the time. It was just, I think over the years, I've learned how to manage my hair more. Even, I think it's been a journey, right? On like yeah. how to manage our hair and what style looks good. But yeah, I think our Finally Glossy has really helped me. I used it two nights ago and I can totally tell a difference when Adrian and I, Adrian's hair is a lot curlier than mine, but it definitely tames my hair down where like I can wear my hair naturally wavy-ish 
when I after using finely glossy because the curls just aren't so frizzy. Do you feel the yeah. same way? Yeah, like I feel like I can use finely glossy and put in a little bit of my conditioner and like my hair like isn't not na- na- so frizzy. Like, yeah, like it almost doesn't um like I feel like I get a lot of like I have to use a detangler and I get a lot of, you know, it, it hurts when I brush, but then when I use finely glossy it's like my hair is glossier. And it's like, yeah, I really, really like it. And I know it's our product, but when I use it, I see such a difference. Like I almost don't even have to, like, I can kind of just like put it up and I'm not dealing with like so much frizz control where I have to like use like a frizz cream and then maybe do a hair straightener. It just makes my routine so simple. Um, Speaking of finely glossy too, we are running very, very low on stock. And so when Stephanie and I first developed finely glossy, we wanted to see what redheads wanted. And we wanted to come out with something that wasn't color depositing, but could give vibrancy. And we have heard just such great reviews about Finely Glossy. So we are going to be sold out for a little bit, and then we're going to come back with a limited stock. So keep an eye on it. But we are in the process of redoing some things to Finely Glossy. And yes, we are coming out with a Finely Glossy conditioner. We get that question all the time. So um, anyone who wants to know more about Finely Glossy, we will uh, keep everyone updated on social. So make sure that you're following us on social media. But yes, yes, frizz control is like everything that we're about. I think like frizz control, eyebrows, and mascara are like our passion. So I don't think that you're alone. I think too, we should just pop in some uh, articles into the podcast notes. Yeah, I was going to say that because we have some great, great articles about frizz. Yeah. And it comes down to the product, depending on the time of year, right? Like the fall, of course, depending on where you live, but most places aren't going to be as humid, which helps the frizz. Summer is the worst for, you know, personally, it's like you step outside and what you just did in the AC, your hair looks nowhere. Like, you know, it's just looks totally different when you step outside in the summer, the fall and the winter. I just, I love it because of the less humidity, which really helps your hair. Or if you live on the West Coast, of course, you don't experience humidity, which Adrian and I love that about the West Coast. So it comes down to the right product too, depending on your hair texture, hair type. So yes, we'll definitely leave some links for recent articles that we did. um, And also just kind of like some hair nurturing tips that we have in some articles that will really help like not using excessive heat on your hair really helps like the water temperature when you're washing your hair, making sure that maybe you're using some sort of an anti-frizz in your shampoo and conditioner. The list goes on and on. So check out the notes. And I think that will be really helpful for your hair boho. Um, and yeah, like we said, this art- this episode with Laura just made me think about how my hair journey is going to be like later in life, right? Like, am I going to turn? Obviously, I can't predict the future. I have to live in the present, but I am curious, right, to see in 20 years looking like, is my hair going to be really gray or white? I know everyone's so different with how they turn. I know. I know. I know. And I think about like just genetically too, like our grandmother on our mom's side, she never dyed her hair once in her life, but like was strawberry blonde at the end. So I was like, yeah, that was me. But then I know like our grandmother on our dad's side went white like super young so i was like waiting for that to happen but like she went white like 10 years ago my our age so like yeah it's not happening yet so yeah it's was she in her 20s she was in her 20s yeah she started going white when she was in her late 20s yeah isn't that crazy so i was like expecting it and then my hair is still like pretty vibrant but 
Mm-hmm. I'm just going to keep holding on. And also, I know that this episode has been all about um, Love Your Red Hair Day and our conversation with Laura, but obviously it's Halloween weekend. So we want to wish everyone a safe and happy Halloween. Yeah. Um, we always at this end, time of year, it's like so crazy because it's like Halloween, but then it's also you know, we know Love Your Red Hair Day is coming up. So we're like focused on that. But we do want to wish everyone a happy Halloween. And um, we hope everyone has a great weekend too. Yeah. So want to help us spread the news about the Had Be A Redhead brand in this podcast. Give us a five-star review and tell your friends, redheads, and everyone else to subscribe. You can listen to this podcast directly on our website, howtobearedhead.com, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to look at the podcast notes to find links with everything we mentioned and so much more. Rock like a redhead. redhead.